welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hello there and welcome. I'm Blake Lindsay, the host for Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. I hope your day is going better than good, as Zig likes to say. If it isn't, you are absolutely in the right place and we're glad you're here. This podcast will truly touch your heart as you listen to Zig talk about his marriage to his wife, Jean. Zig and Jean have been married now for more than 61 years, and of course, they're still going strong. Even if you are not married, you will thoroughly enjoy listening to the insights of how to build strong relationships. In the courtship process before marriage, many times we try to make everything fit, and this is one of the problems. And what I'm talking about is, uh, you know, one will say, well, I'm from a big city and you're from a small town. There must be something to that. Are we both like the same food or we like different food? Are you from a big family and I'm from a small family? Are you six feet seven and I'm four feet ten? Or else we're the same height? Are we both love dogs or we both hate dogs or, or whatever. They look for everything on earth trying to make it fit before they get married. Uh, when they get married, uh, he's no longer the strong, quiet pillar of strength. Now he ignores me and won't say a thing. She is no longer personable and friendly and naive and idea-oriented. She is now shallow and flirtatious. Isn't it amazing how we can make all of those changes? Communications is a problem. Men and women are different, you know. The typical man comes home and says, well, how'd it go? She said, oh, honey, it was awful. The washing machine broke. I thought I had the baby potty trained. Uh, it didn't work out that way. The cat got into the cat box, and you can't believe the mess, and the electricity wouldn't go off. And, you know, she, the average husband thinks that she wants him to tell her, well, you do this first and then you do this. and That's not what she wants at all. She doesn't want his smart. She doesn't want his head. She wants his shoulder. She wants him to grab her and say, honey, I know it must have been a tough day. I don't know how you keep your sanity with all of these things going on around here. Men and women are just different, and that's, that's the exciting thing. You know, I couldn't stand it if I were married to somebody like me. I just absolutely could not. The reasoning is crystal clear. If you did marry the wrong person, or at least marry someone different from the one you courted, then you obviously need to know the person you did marry. Now, go to work to change your partner. That's the first thing you want to do, change your partner. Now, a lot of times people think that is an impossible task. I'm here to tell you it is not impossible, and you do it simply by changing you. Yep, you heard it right. You can change your partner, but you change the partner by changing you. One of the statements I have been known to make 
is the fact that if you marry the wrong person, if you treat them right, they can become the right person. Or you can marry the right person and treat them wrong, and they will become the wrong person. Now, there are a lot of people who honestly believe that people cannot change. I disagree completely. Now, it is true that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But if you will put salt in his food, you will make him thirsty, and then he'll go looking for the water. You can change people, first of all, by changing yourself. I will remember the story of the lady from Birmingham who hated everything about her job until she sat down and analyzed it. I kind of guided her through this analyzing process. We discovered 22 things that she did like about her job. I encouraged her every night to get in front of the mirror and say, I love my job because they pay me for working there. I love my job because of my insurance program. I love my job because of the profit sharing. 22 different things. Now, an interesting thing happened when I told her to do this every morning and every night. She fell in love with her job. She had been concentrating on the negative. You know, a lot of people find fault like there's a reward for it instead of looking for the good. Well, six weeks later, I saw her again, and she had an entirely different attitude about that job. But here's the interesting thing about that. When she started looking for the good in her job, then because she had been raised by negative parents who always compared her to her brother, why can't you ever look nice? I mean, you're always late and this sort of thing. She married a man who was about the same way. So she was unhappy with her family, her parents, and her husband. But when she started discovering the good in her job, then she started looking, maybe there's some good in my parents. And she realized, yes, they provided her with a good education, a safe home, food, shelter, and clothing all of those years. And to the best of their ability, they had supported her in every way possible. And when she started concentrating on the good in her parents, she discovered a new relationship with them. Same thing is true of her husband. Now, why am I going into all of this? There's no such thing as an isolated fact or incident. How do you change that person? You start by changing you. You start by looking for the good in that person. And I don't care what their characteristics or qualities are. There is something good about them. You'll be amazed at what happens if you start complimenting them on the fact that I appreciated you being at home on time tonight to help me with the kids. I appreciated the fact that this time you said no to that chance to buy that new car, realizing we needed other things a whole lot worse. Find things to compliment them about. And it's amazing how as you do that, they will start looking around and thinking about other things they can do that will please you even more. One of the favorite stories I have is that of Andrew Carnegie, the first great industrialist in our society, lived well over 100 years ago, had 43 millionaires working for him. A reporter asked him, how did you manage to hire 43 millionaires? Carnegie said, none of them were millionaires when I hired them. Then what did you do to make them so productive they could earn a million dollars? And he said, well, you develop people in the same way you mine gold. Go in a gold mine, you'll move tons of dirt to find an ounce of gold. But you don't go in there looking for the dirt. You go in there looking for the gold. Look for the good in that person, compliment them on it, and some interesting things will happen. Now, to make it very personal in my own life, I asked the redhead one time several years ago, I said, sweetheart, if you could order a perfect husband from Sears and Roebuck 
and identify all the qualities you wanted that husband to have. What qualities would you want him to have? Well, it took her several days to put it together. She said, well, if he was spiritually sound, committed, faithful, had integrity, and was respectful, if he was unselfish, a good father, had a great sense of humor, was a good listener, and sensitive, if he was compassionate, ambitious, considerate, generous, affectionate, gentle, patient, had good manners, was sober, and wise, she said, that's the kind of husband that would make me extremely happy. Now, these were the qualities she was looking for. I've often been asked, well, did you ask her to draw a list for you? Or did you draw a list of what you wanted in a wife? And I said, no, I never thought about it. And the reason I didn't was this. If I became everything she wanted in a husband, she would move heaven and earth to keep me around. I believe that is absolutely true. You see, when we work on ourselves, we're automatically working on our mates as well. Now, I want to emphasize confrontation involving condemnation seldom brings about any change. Now, hear these words. You never say this to your mate. You never listen to me. Get home when you promise. Do what I ask. Say anything nice to me. Help me when I'm tired. Have my clothes ready. Cook anything decent. Have time for me want to go anywhere, are willing to visit my folks on holidays or vacations, are in the mood and a thousand other things. Now, if you say those things to your mate, all you're going to get is an immediate defensive posture. They are going to defend themselves for every one of those accusations. Instead... You know, honey, it always makes me feel so good or close or important, loved or respected when you listen to me, respect my opinion, or so kind, attentive, thoughtful, and understanding. When you stay with me at business or social functions, when you introduce me with so much pride to your friends, and associates. Let me tell you something, folks. This approach will produce change in you, which will change the relationship, which will either change your mate or change your perception of your mate. It's love in action. It demonstrates that you want to do the very best that you can, that you are willing uh, to make the effort to please your mate. I got to tell you, we created an environment in our home. If you were to call our home today, I'd always answer it the same way. Good morning, this is Gene Ziegler's happy husband. Now, fellas, I got to tell you, I score points with that one, and I like to score points with the redhead. Uh, when I introduce her, I'm always introducing her with pride and she with me. We're encouraging each other all the time. And after all of these years together, two years, two months, and 11 days before we got married and 55-plus years after marriage, we've always made it a habit to say something 
something nice to each other every single day and repeatedly tell each other how much we love them. Fellas, I can't begin to tell you how important that is to your wife. Her security blanket, she's more secure knowing that the man she loves is absolutely wild about her. And when he tells her repeatedly how much he loves her, that is real strong cement for holding that marriage together. One of the things that I encourage husbands and wives to do from the day of their marriage, and I wish I'd started this on the first day, I think my marriage would even have been better. Just before you go to sleep at night, if you'll turn to your maid and say, I sure do love you, and I was faithful to you today. I'll guarantee you that will cut down on the divorce rate dramatically because any night you left those few words out, there'd be some questions to ask. So husbands and wives, if you start doing that, make absolutely certain it's something you want to keep on doing. But if you will do it, it really is a wonderful marriage saver. And more important than that, it's fun. When I talk about fun, my wife runs a temperature when she gets around chocolate-covered marshmallows. I mean, she can smell them from the top floor to the bottom floor, any store she goes in. So what I will do is I'll go and buy about a dozen of them that are foil-wrapped. Then I'll go get her a little card, you know, that says some nice things on it, and i write her a nice little note, and on it I put one of those chocolate-covered marshmallows. Now, when she walks in and sees that note and that chocolate-covered marshmallow, she lets out a little squeal. I mean, she, she knows the chase is on, and when she lets that little squeal out, I run and grab her and hug her, you know, and we spend a minute or two doing that. And then I take the other 11 of those chocolate-covered marshmallows and hide them all over the house. I'll put them in the rice canister. I'll put one or two in the deep freeze. I'll put in one of her desk drawers and an article of clothing I know she'll be wearing in the next week or two. And for the next six weeks, she finds those chocolate-covered marshmallows. And every time she does, she lets out a squeal, and I run and get my hug. Now, she's known as the happy hugger. And by that, I mean... If it's moving, she'll stop it and hug it. And if it's not moving, she'll dust it off and sell it. I mean, that is her nature. So in a day's time, and my office is at home, and we do a lot of work around the house, we will hug anywhere from 12 to as many as 25 times in a day. They're not long. They're not suggestive. They just simply say, I sure do love you. I'm glad you're mine. Uh, see, that's the way you build the kind of relationship with your mate that I was talking about earlier. We literally are having more fun today than ever. And I got to tell you, in my eyes, my wife is more beautiful today than she was on our wedding day. I keep two pictures of her on my desk at all times. I've got four pictures of her in my wallet, which stays with me at all times. Show that pride and that love. Let others know that you're in love with your wife, whether you've been married a week, a month, are 55 plus years. I promise you, you do these things that we're talking about and will continue to talk about, and that marriage will get better and better and better. My wife and I, I talk more today than we've ever talked. We do more things together than we've ever done. We hang out a lot more, as the kids would say. She is not something that I work in my schedule. She is the most important part of my life. And life includes lots more than a schedule. You might say, but my mate is a taker. My mate never gives. There's no use. Well, first of all, that's negative. 
You just haven't tried it long enough. I do not believe a person can resist ultimately the love and kindness and care and attention and goodwill of their mate. Love is never lost. If not reciprocated, it will flow back and soften and purify the heart. Washington Irving said that, and I believe he was right. Since marriage is made up of two people, the quality and success of the marriage will be determined by those two people. No marriage is any better than the people involved in it, and the marriage reveals and reflects these two people. You take two miserable people and they get married, you got a miserable marriage. And when you look to somebody else to make you happy and have answered all the problems, you're headed for trouble right there. Marriage never fails. People fail and marriage reveals what is already in the people. The good news is people can change. If two unhappy singles marry, you don't get a happy marriage. Happiness is a choice and everyone is just about as happy as they choose to be. Just walking an unhappy person down an aisle and putting a ring on their finger does not make them happy. If two singles are both leaners, each one looking for someone to keep them happy, make up for their deficiencies, carry the load, their marriage will be weak, reflecting the people in it. Boy, I tell you, that is so true. I know you're going to turn this recording back and listen to that one a half a dozen times. One man, a bit more candid than most, was leaving his wife. He remarked, I gave that woman three of the best years of my life to make me happy and make me feel like a man. But she couldn't do it. She just didn't have it in her. So he left her to go out and look for someone else to give her a shot at it. He'll never make it. He's a freeloader. The important question in marriage is always, what am I putting into this relationship, not what am I getting out of it? Takes both of them to make it work. In marriage, that's what we've got to understand. We're both on the same side. We have the same objectives. It is not my chair my bank account, my job, my house. It is our bank account. It is our house. It is our marriage. It is our kitchen. It is our yard. We must be partnership-oriented. Surely any marriage that's going to avoid divorce must have husbands and wives who clearly understand that they really are on the same Side. For the marriage to survive, husbands and wives must be friends. And the dictionary says that a friend is a close acquaintance, a supporter, and one attached to another by esteem, respect, and affection. An intimate, a person on the same side in a struggle. You need to make friends with your mate. You need to do things together. Don't you appreciate someone encouraging you to love your spouse and to stay married? In our culture these days, there certainly does not seem to be too much encouragement towards that. We here at the Ziegler Corporation support the institution of marriage, and we really enjoy the opportunity to help you and your spouse build an even stronger bond. One of the ways we do that is to offer special discounts for couples who want to come to the Building a 24-Hour Champion Personal Growth Seminar together. Feel free to check it out at Ziegler.com. The seminar this year will be held in October in Dallas, Texas. 
We would love to see you there. I am so excited about a way that you can truly live your life to the fullest. It's our newest product called the Ziegler Vault. I'll take just a minute to tell you what's up on the web. The Vault includes all of Zig's best audio and video materials. It's for you to access wherever and whenever you want to for a monthly subscription of $14.97. You can listen and watch whatever topic you want to learn more about, as well as download your favorites. Weekly, we are adding new information and new speakers. You're certainly welcome to call me for more information, 972-383-3268. You can also find some good help at ZieglerVault.com. I'm Blake Lindsay on the Ziegler Inspire podcast, looking forward to sharing with you next week. Until then, we encourage you to live life to the fullest. Ziegler. 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 Inspiring true performance.